0: signs, money mind, it, throw it up, watch it from the sky. Welcome everybody to the week 14 edition of the Ride in NFL DFS podcast. I absolutely cannot believe that it is week 14, less than a quarter of the season to go let's get right into it. This is probably one of the tougher weeks I have seen. There isn't a value quarterback that is sticking out. There really aren't any value receivers that are sticking out that, you know, you really want to hang your hat on. Um, there's a few that we can definitely take a dart throw on in cash and just and pray, um, but there isn't uh, extreme certainty in any of the value plays this week, that is for sure, provided that Dalvin Cook suits up. Now, if Dalvin Cook does not suit up, then obviously Alexander Madison should be 100% owned in cash games. And believe it or not, he won't be. He'll probably be about 80 to 85% um, because there is still an edge in DFS. Uh, So we'll see how that goes. Um, If Dalvin Cook is out, then obviously things open up pretty nicely for us. At quarterback, I am going to try my hardest to get Lamar Jackson in once again. His floor-ceiling combo is just unmatched. Buffalo struggles against the run, and it doesn't even matter because the best defenses in the league can't stop Lamar. When I watched the 49ers uh, at the Ravens last week, I could not believe at how they were defending the Ravens' read option. There was nobody accounting for Lamar Jackson. Now, he is a magician with the ball. That is absolutely 100% for sure. But they had their defensive ends crashing so hard on Mark Ingram that it was just Jackson keeping on every play. Bootlegs, nobody accounting for him. And I mean if that that probably won't happen ever again, like that's that's good tape for defensive coordinators to have to to show <laughs> their defense, like, don't do this. And what happens is, you know, I'm sure you guys are familiar with what happens in the read option. If the defensive end stays home and kind of guards against the quarterback keeping the ball, then he's supposed to give, right? Give the dive or the, the zone read, whatever it is. So in, there is going to be instances where, you know, Lamar Jackson has less carries because That defensive end stays at home, or they have an outside linebacker creeping around on the outside there, and that Lamar uh, won't keep it. There'll be there's going to be a game, you know, soon, and there have been games where you know Ingram is going to get 15 to 20 carries because the defense is dictating that. Last week, that wasn't the case. They were letting Lamar turn the corner pretty much free as a bird, which I couldn't believe. But you know like we said, defensive scheme really hasn't impacted. Defensive talent really hasn't impacted Lamar at this point. I don't think the Bills are going to get it done either. Um, So we can pretty much count on a floor of 20 fantasy points, but a ceiling of like 35. And, And with the quarterbacks that we have at our disposal this week, I really don't see much else that I want. I know Tannehill is being talked up a lot. The issue with Tannehill is that the Titans don't really have, they don't run a lot of plays and they don't throw the ball much. In the last three weeks, Tannehill has thrown the ball less than 20 times. Now he does run the ball a little bit himself. Um, so if you're looking to pay down, I guess Tannehill would be my favorite option under 6k. Uh, but I also think Deshaun Watson is a good play this week. He's about a thousand dollars less than Lamar on DraftKings. And I think that the, 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 Denver defense is going a little bit overvalued uh, by DraftKings' algorithm here. 6500 is pretty cheap. He has his full weaponry at his disposal uh, in this game with Will Fuller, Kenny Stills. Duke Johnson looks like he's emerging a little bit as um, more of a halftime player rather than a spell guy for Carlos Hyde. So I think uh, Deshaun Watson's in play as well. But Obviously, Lamar Jackson is a priority. Uh, and then the top two priorities at running back for me are obviously going to be Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette. Uh, I don't know how own Leonard Fournette's going to be in cash this week. And I'm excited because I think he's in a great spot. And I think, you know, he's one of the better plays in the stud range outside of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Perry Fuel, you know, said that it's going to be his uh, mission to get McCaffrey off to a fast start. And I think, you know, when you think about uh, a coach taking over um, during this kind of turmoil um, point with Ron Rivera being fired, I, I imagine they go back to basics, right? I don't think I think they're going to get McCaffrey his touches, get McCaffrey his receptions, his targets out of the backfield. Um, I think they realized that last week was pretty crazy uh, to not even let him touch the ball in the second quarter, and then, you know, limit his touches in the second half. It was just wild that he wasn't getting any looks like he normally did. That was definitely an aberration. I think they get back to McCaffrey this week. Leo, Uncle Leo, Uncle Lenny Fournette, just catching, I mean, since the, since the Jaguars bye week, the Jag, uh, Leonard Fournette has 10 targets per game. That's insane. He's basically James, he's like a fat James White at this point. Um, so Fournette's definitely in play, one of my favorite. Then I think Devonta Freeman is actually in play. Now he's a, he's a, a little bit of a source of value there at in the low 5Ks. Um, Carolina is missing pretty much their entire interior defensive line. I know Devonta Freeman hasn't really been great um, on the ground. There have been games where he's caught six, seven, eight passes, which I hope for this game as well. Um, but I think if there's a game where he's going to get it going on the ground, it's this one for sure. So I think he is definitely a consideration, um, despite the fact that he hasn't played uh, extremely well to this point in the season. But there's just like these certain spots where like the stars align and we saw it with Will Fuller going for 50. Uh, we saw it with Christian Kirk going for like 40 against um, the Bucks. You know, you kind of just get this sense that even though they haven't been great to this point. Um, the stars are kind of aligning for them to get it done. So I think uh, potentially could pull the trigger on Freeman in cash as well. Then obviously there is Alexander Madison. If they decide to sit Dalvin Cook for precautionary reasons, because it seems like, I mean, he's practicing on a limited basis. So it seems like he's good enough to, um, you know, at least be considered a, a game time decision or, um, you know, be considered to be active this week if they decide to you know rule him out then obviously madison just lock button city and i mean even in and there's two ways you can go with madison in tournaments you can try to leverage the field massively by not playing him which i don't know if i would even do that because you know 4500 for the workload that he's going to get is pretty uh hard to pass up so what I would probably do is just go the complete opposite direction and lock button him and you know just be overweight on him relative to the field because in tournaments he's probably going to be 60-70% owned as well if Cook is out Um, from there I guess I mean I can't believe I'm speaking this name on the on this podcast but Patrick Laird um, we have to I kind of have to dig into it a little more because you know the Dolphins have signed Zach Zenner they have Miles Gaskin who's more of a traditional runner than Laird um, but Laird is going to be probably their third down back. In the last two games, he's caught a bunch of pass. In the last three games, he's caught a bunch of passes in two of them. Um, and obviously, Kalen blodge is not around. So for 4,100, Laird is definitely going to um, see some ownership. And, you know, if we get some coach speak that it's it's Laird and Gaskin this week or Laird's going to see the bulk of the, the work, we have to look into that a little bit more uh, and potentially Patrick Laird could be a cash game play. Can't believe those words came out of my mouth. Um, At wide receiver this week is probably where we're going to have the biggest issue and you know all the great wide receivers that I am like gravitating to are pay up options right. I love Devontae Adams spot. I even think Mike Thomas at 8300 is too cheap. Um, Devontae Parker, beasting. uh, He was a play for us last week. I played him in cash and obviously that was a smash week um, and a smash spot for him. Now, I mean, his price up to 6900 yikes. I mean, you know, people weren't playing him five, six weeks ago when he was 4500 So, you know, to, to be playing him this week at 7K based on the results of really only one week. Um, we talked about it on the pod last week. He's had games that he went over 100. He's had games that he's caught a touchdown. But he never really put it together for a smash week until last week he finally did. Maybe that's enough to get on the bandwagon. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick will keep feeding him, but 7k is a price where, you know, you there is some pause, there is some hesitation there at that price. Um I think the Bengals receivers are interesting and I believe me, I know John Ross is back. He's been activated. He probably will get on the field. But it's his first game, you know. But here's the thing. He's a field stretcher, man. He runs nine routes like it's nobody's business he actually was the reason that Andy Dalton pretty much had a a pretty a pretty nice first week fantasy wise so what happens when you have a field stretcher on the field is you know the safeties have to get a little deeper so that underneath area opens up a little bit so we could see more intermediate and short targets um you know more success in that range for Tyler Boyd and for Auden Tate so I think those two are in play Uh, an extreme value that I think might be opening up is Kelvin Harmon he is you know out of NC State watched a lot of him in college he's um a pretty a pretty skilled wide receiver believe it or not he's he had some huge games uh for the Wolfpack at his during his time there and he's only 3,700 it looks like Paul Richardson and Trey Quinn uh, will not be available for the Redskins, so they're going to go to Green Bay, probably get whacked early, and you know, be throwing for the entire second half. Kelvin Harmon is thirty-seven hundred. The last he's had eleven receptions in the last three weeks. Yeah, you know, nothing to scoff at, but also nothing to write home about. But at the same time, for thirty-seven hundred, if he's going to get a little bit of a bump in target share with Trey Quinn off the field and Paul Richardson off the field then I think um, we definitely have to consider him as, you know, a 5-for-50 type option where with the upside of scoring a touchdown, I believe he almost scored a touchdown last week. I feel like that's sticking out in my head that he had an end zone target that just slipped out of his hands. So, you know, I mean, we're talking like if he hits 5-for-50, which is nothing for a wide receiver too in a game where their game script is favorable, and he finds the end zone, you know, we're talking about 5-6 xing value here. So I think we keep an eye on Kelvin Harmon. Um, Zach Pascal is still in play. You know, still no T.Y. Hilton, still no Eric Ebron. They're going down uh, to Tampa Bay, who has given up gobs of yardage to uh, pass catchers. So I think Zach Pascal is an option. And then, depending on what happens with the Jaguars wide receivers availability, some value can open up there. Uh, they're pretty much all questionable. Um, Chark, Westbrook, Conley. Uh, if any one of them were to sit out, then the others would become uh, preferred options for me, Espe- especially if Westbrook were to sit out and Conley would be able to assume you know a little bit of a target bump there. I really like Chris Conley. I played him in cash two or three weeks ago when he only went like four for 40, but to be honest, I think he's pretty skilled and could be a play if any of those Jaguars receivers have to uh, sit out. And the last one I didn't mention that I think I really am going to try to get into my lineup if I could find value elsewhere, right? Like if Madison opens up, I really want Julian Edelman in my lineup um, this week. I don't know if I can get him in, but if Madison opens up and I don't have to pay up for three receiver, or three uh, expensive running backs – then I think we can uh, toy with an expensive receiver and Julian Edelman has really piqued my interest you know against the Kansas City Chiefs I feel like the Chiefs are going to push the pace or at least you know require uh, the Patriots to keep throwing and if you watched the game last week Tom Brady and James White uh, are the only two receivers pass catchers that he feels comfortable with he's looking at the, the Microsoft Surface tablet like ready to gouge his eyes out that philip dorsett and jacoby myers are just freaking clueless and i don't even know how that's the case because you're a professional athlete and you're in practice every day how are you not on the same page uh with tom brady especially when you know how crazy they are um you know about doing your job as they like to say I think Edelman is definitely in play. And I forgot to mention James White for running backs. Obviously, White is in play. He just had a massive game. Um, And before this massive massive 40-point game that knocked me out of my home league, which was absolutely ridiculous, quick side note, I needed to survive 60 fantasy points uh, from Brady and James White. They had about 10 at halftime. I was literally trash talking and texting my buddies, um, you know, from college that I was going to be in the playoffs once again, and uh, what do you know, Brady and White go for like 63 points or 65 points total, with 55 of them coming in the second half, knocks me out, oh, that's not the worst part, I still had Tyler Lockett left, he needed six points or something like that to save me, and obviously we know how that worked out, um, so that was pretty cool, cr- pretty gruesome I'll probably get harassed for years to come uh, with those texts that I sent out uh, and obviously so James White is a play at running back I kind of I kind of glossed over him there and especially the game script seemed favorable for him and Edelman I should I could see uh, a ton of targets being rained down on those two at tight end I think it's pretty simple um, you either pay all the way down for a min priced Ian Thomas who is going to be slotting in for Greg Olson. Had nearly seven fantasy points last week in Olson's absence. Now he gets a full game um, against the Falcons. That's a pretty good spot for him. Or you get up to Jack Doyle, who is facing a Tampa Bay defense that is pretty much just as bad as the Cardinals at allowing fantasy points to tight ends so i think he's in play again or if you could, if you want to spend up obviously george kittle's way too cheap at 5900 against the saints who worst position defended is the tight end right like they shut down running backs they shut down wide receivers but they have they do have they do have some trouble with tight ends so i could see kittle uh, doing the brunt of the fantasy scoring for the 49ers this week And then lastly, we have the DSTs. I think the Texans are an interesting play. Drew Locke's first road game, probably going to be loud there uh, at Reliance Stadium. And, you know, he looked good in the first quarter, uh, but from there, things kind of went awry. He started turning the ball over against the Chargers, and the offense was kind of stagnant. So I could see the Texans having a big game. Man, the Ravens are way underpriced this week. $2900 for the Ravens defense. Since they've gotten healthy, uh since, you know, the whole secondary has been intact, they have been just absolutely dominating no matter who it is. And you know, Josh Allen can get careless with the ball. Does take some sacks. I think at 2900, I really love the Ravens defense as well if you need to spend down. The Colts defense facing turnover-prone Jameis is always an option at 2400 I feel like this is a week where the Bucs are going to play well, though. Um, So I don't know if I'm going to try to get up to either the Ravens or the Texans. However, the Colts are an option if you need the the savings there. Okay, guys, the core four for this week, obviously, Lamar, CMC, and Fournette. Going to try to get all three of those guys in. Uh, I'm not really sure if that's going to work. Uh, might have to drop down to a cheaper uh, quarterback, which I probably am going to cringe at doing. Um, but Lamar, McCaffrey, Fournette, and then from there is, it's tough. But I think I will go um, with Ian Thomas because it, it, there I may potentially get up to Jack Doyle. Um, so I'm kind of I'm kind of you know. Wusson out there on the core four gave you five, but Ian Thomas, I really like it. I think we're going to need that $2,500 price tag to get the other guys that we want in. Uh, but if somehow something else opens up, like let's say Madison, uh, or you know, I play James White and uh, Alexander Madison in cash, then there'll be a little bit more savings, and you could probably get up to a safer. Jack Doyle. I like Jack Doyle this week a lot. Um, it's just that Ian Thomas is $2,000 less and could see potentially the same amount of targets. All right, guys, that'll do it for the Week 14 Ride in NFL DFS podcast. Because it is Friday afternoon, I probably won't be back with updates tomorrow morning, Saturday. Um, I may do one on Sunday if something crazy breaks or if Madison has ruled the start or something like that. Uh, but for this week, only one podcast Brought to you by FanshareSports.com. Make sure you check out their website to see all their player tags, uh, to see who's going overowned and overlooked to set your GPP lineups. Only uh, three more pods after this, man. It's crazy. Uh, it's been a great run. This has probably been my best DFS season to date in terms of ROI. So I was glad to share the, my thoughts and, and core four and all that stuff with you guys. I hope you have a successful week 14. If you have not yet, I appreciate it if you uh, rated and reviewed the pod, maybe shared it on, uh, on Twitter, whatever you have to do to get the word out there. The listenership has pretty much tripled over the last uh, two years, which is awesome. And I appreciate that. And I'm rambling. So have a good week 14. All I, see is signs. All I see is dollar signs oh, oh, oh Money on my mind, money, money on my mind Throw it, throw it up, watch it fall from the sky